Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Mr. Brad Gray of the Health Hub in Brad Gray Fitness. Brad, how are you today, sir? What's going on? I'm very well, Joe. Thank you for having me on. I am excited to have you on. Now, the Health Hub, as I understand it, is a personal training studio that allows other trainers to to come under the umbrella, build their brand, and, and start to create a business of their own. Brad Gray Fitness is your brand of which you're training your own clients. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. Okay. Now, here's how we can make this valuable to to people listening, Brad. Let's work backwards here. Let's start with the future in mind. As of now, you're training clients. We're also managing a handful of other trainers that are building their business. As you look down the road, two years, three years, five years, whatever the timeline is, paint me a picture of, of where you want this whole thing to trend. What is the, what is the vision for this? Well, the vision is to continue um, allowing PTs to be able to train their clients with freedom um, and not worry financially. I think it's time, isn't it? As time goes on, I'm at the moment doing everything. At the moment, I'm probably doing way too much. So of course the sustainability for me is I want someone to be able to take that over, sort of manage the side of the gym um, that allows the PTs to to work and grow. And then I can have a little bit more time to myself. Um, At the moment, especially with um, everything that's going on in the world right now with prices and energy and uh, at the moment, that's that's not really feasible. But I reckon in the next five to 10 years, like you said, it will be a self-run sustainable business and I can step back. Yeah. And even given the the best of economic and political circumstances, these things take time. Building a business is not an easy venture. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows there are trials and tribulations and building these things is a challenge. Post-COVID, especially but that's that's a conversation for another time now within this the goal being building up other trainers businesses so that the business can somewhat be self-run historically at least how many trainers have you had under the umbrella and how many do you think that we could handle given the size of the facility the size, of, I think we could have, um, let's say, probably five full time and seven on rotation for the size of the gym. And then we have one massage room upstairs, which they can be full time or again, they can rent the, rent the bed per hour. Um, then you're looking at expansion. But I mean, you almost need two years at a business flourishing before you then think, ah, let's go bigger. So if I can sustain them numbers for two years going forward then you either go bigger or you buy another yeah the The fitness industry has had uh, a reputation for pulling the trigger on those things too soon getting this this grand facility 
whatever the size and then not being able to, to match it in terms of revenue. And so I think you're right. I think slow burn and, and make sure that we're consistent about it. Mm-hmm. Anyone in this kind of a model or anyone that's spent time in personal training knows that the, the biggest challenge comes in the form of acquiring customers and, and how do we do that for the personal training avatar. For you so far, Brad, what's been helpful or what's been successful in terms of signing up new clients or, or even getting new clients in through the doors? I think from, from when I started, it was the price range. Like, I wouldn't be scared to get out of bed at 5 a.m. and train a client at 6 o'clock for £20, for £15, for £10. So I always found, that especially for social media, if, you're seen, if I'm seen to be training clients no matter what the time is, so no matter when it is, Saturday, Sunday, seven days a week, if I was offering that service, eventually you're going to be in the limelight on your social media platform and then they're going to spread the news that, oh, I've been trained by Brad. Um, maybe you should get in touch. But I always say to my clients when I first started, don't tell them how much I'm doing it for. I'm doing you a deal. So therefore, if you do good work with that one client at five pound, call it an hour, at 6 a.m., your next client might be 30 or 40. So I always say to trainers that are just starting, you can't, you're not. I say high end is what, 40, 45 pound in this country. If you go to London, 80 pound an hour. Um, you should always do go in lower and just be seen to be doing your job because then once the results come, then all they're going to do is keep asking you, but like people are going to keep asking you to train them. So I would okay. always say it's always. And so a, a number of things I want to highlight in that. First things first build your business at, at a lower price range so that we can just first get clients, right? Absolutely. We need clients first and foremost, yeah. and then we can elevate pricing along the way to, to eventually charge what you believe you're worth or, or what you actually want to be charging. Uh, and mm-hmm. the process of that, if I'm understanding properly, is through referrals, through word of mouth of your current yeah. clientele. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's like a process, isn't it? Because when they come to you, they obviously need your help. But it might take a month to two to three months for you to get the results of one person to then share their results. So as you said, it, it just takes it, it takes lowering the cost and time. You just got to be patient. Yeah. And in word of mouth or referrals or whatever the title we put on it in our industry is an interesting one and especially in personal training because every single new client that we sign up because of the price point is a meaningful increase in income Mm -hmm. but every single client that we lose is a meaningful decrease in income as well for you have we have we tried any other kind of of marketing or advertising to bring clients in in the past or do you think that that's something that we'll ever entertain I think when I started nine years ago, I started doing videos online. And as you can see right now, it's everywhere. Everyone's an influencer. But when I started, I got laughed upon. Why are you, why are you doing a video? You're not, you're not that person. And I was doing it to show effectively how to do the workouts. So I hit the market when I started posting on social media. No one was really doing it. It was just your bodybuilders or your models. So it's kind of show your, showcase your work through Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, but don't be that person that tries to sell 
You don't need to oversell. You just need to demonstrate. But what, what do you do? How can you help me? And then I would show me working out and doing my lifts. And then your, your clients would hopefully go, yeah, I want to do that. Or I do that. Or, or just give them knowledge. But I mean, there's so many platforms that you can reach out to now and you can easily, yeah. there's, as long as you're posting, was it two, three times a day, within a year, you should be where you need to be. Has that come entirely organically or have you put some sort of money into advertising on those platforms? Uh, never put any money on any platform. I've never, I'd say I've not even paid to make my website higher. I just, if you're doing a good job, it might call it luck, but if you keep posting three times a day, you're going to be seen. Sure. So. Devil's advocate here, Brad, for the business model that you're in and, and helping trainers to build their business. Do you think that at any point you'll try to find yourself more in the marketing realm to, to supply them with clients? Uh, I was looking at that, but then again, like uh, we'll always say it's my, my time is valuable and precious. Then therefore I'm giving more time to people that I don't have already. Um, I've given, you're giving the gym with all the equipment, you're giving it 24 hours, you're providing the light in the music, you're paying for all the licenses you almost go, oh, surely that's enough. You've almost, you've built the well. It's your turn to drink. I can't, I can't feed you as well. So it's kind yeah. of like, where, where would you stop? So if I said yes, I'll also, out of my 20 hour day with four hours sleep, <laughs> I will also find you, you're not ready. I would always say to them, you're, you're not ready for this job. This is not the job for you. If you can't do it yourself and someone's got to give it to you, it's almost, you, you pretty much answered the question yourself. I'm helping you get clients. Why didn't I just take them? Why didn't I just convert them online? Yeah. And so it, it entertains the, the question here for, for listeners and people wondering, has the thought crossed your mind to, to bring those trainers in as employees and the business collects the revenue and then pays them? Or do we think that we want to continue on the trend that we're on with kind of them paying the, the rental session fees? I did think, I've spoke with a few people about this. The problem is, it's my work ethic. Like I'm up at five, I will get home at nine. I will work all day. I will come home and continue to work. If you match that. So if you want to work under my umbrella for me with me i need someone matching that before i give them the job and of course the problem is um i find personal trainers at the moment they just go online why because they can sit on their bum all day on their laptop and it's a lot easier well nothing in life comes easy and therefore would i employ someone uh i've, I've just got a feeling from the start i've probably answered it myself probably no I don't want to yeah. be let down. I, I, I think don't, it's, I just... it's an interesting conversation. And, and so many people that open businesses like this do so because they're similar to you. They want to out hustle. They want to outwork. And when the conversation about staffing comes up, either they've tried it in the past and it doesn't work out because of all of the reasons that you just mentioned, or they're hesitant to do it entirely because this person isn't as invested in your business as you are. They're never going to find that same level of, of work as you are. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's twofold. We can either come to terms with that or go the route that you've gone and, and 
continue to to build the way that you're building now in terms of how we how we're signing up clients brad if somebody reaches out to you through the health hub interested in training what is the the sales conversation what is that process like are we are we bringing them into the facility uh, for the health hub, we, I say we have all um all the PTs are on there. So as I run that platform, I would always ask, "Oh, what personal trainer are you looking for?" So it's not just because I own it, I won't then go, "Well, that's me. I'm taking it." So therefore, I will reach out and say, "What one? Who are you looking for?" Oh, I've I've thought about this guy or this girl or this person, and I will put them in touch with them. So that that platform's totally organic. It's not. That, and that, that's why it's separate. And then they're handling their own sales process. Is that right? So therefore, yeah. And then, then I pass them on. I said, this is their Instagram. Please get in touch. Then I will get in touch with the person that they want. And I will say, this is their Instagram. Drop them a message. Okay. So when someone that, reaches that point, out to, to you, then interested yeah. in, in training with Brad Gray Fitness, how do you handle that process? Are we, do we do some sort of free trial? Are we paying right away? Is this session packages is this monthly memberships tell me a little bit about the actual delivery of the product so how i how i do it is i like to speak to them on the phone um was it as you say time at the moment for me to get to be able to get personally more clients in is very tough so every 30 to 40 minutes in the day is only eating or emails or talking so like today for example i had one and the gentleman in question was a 53 year old man and he just wants to look good. And he says, am I too old? So that process would be absolutely not, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that go with it. Like, are you on your feet all day? Do you sit down all day? What can you eat? Are you allergic to anything? I kind of say like, it's not a miracle. We, we don't do miracles. We just put you on the program of what you want. And it's most people want it done yesterday. So you kind of go, I want it done in two months. Well, that's not possible. And they're like, why? I get married in two months. So you have to be realistic with them and say, look, it could be four months, it could be six, it could be 12. Um, but if you're looking to sign up with me, we can either go online at this price or if you want to see me face-to-face, it's this price. But as I say right now, I'm quite busy. I've not really got many slots available. So I, I kind of then, again, I'm in a good position that I can charge more. So right. if I was charging such and such, I could double the price and say, let me get you in. But Mostly now, I just take them online. But if they really want me face to face, and I can, I'll pass them over to the other PTs. Yep, that's that's been the challenge of of one on one training for decades. Is that at a certain point, time becomes the most valuable resource. We don't have any more slots to put people into, and so we need to to figure out what a next step is. As you move forward, and you mentioned right at the beginning here that, that the goal being to step back and, and have this thing sort of self-regulate at some point in time, what are the steps needed from your side to begin to, to make that happen? I think, uh, so this place has nearly been open two years. So I think uh, another five years would be seven. You would look at who's been with me the longest and who do I trust the most. Therefore, if it's not there, then I'm going to have to outsource and reach out. And maybe I could employ someone who's not really into fitness, but they can, as a business module, they're into business. So they understand business. 
But personally, if someone's worked for me for five, six years, for themselves, I could maybe go, look, here's my proposal, because I trust you. You've been with me five years, three, five years, seven years, and you've had time with them. But as I said, if not, I would probably have to reach out businessly and see if someone can manage my company and me step back. And they say, like anything in business, that's fine. And sometimes that's better because they, they have kind of like their approach would be, well, I'm not going to pinch your clients or pinch this clients. They just are running the business as a business. Yep. So it's, yeah. uh, it's tough because so many people in our industry, at least get into owning a business like this because they love training because they love helping people and not necessarily because they have the mind or the perspective or the skill set for running a business. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of back end work that goes unseen that takes time and it takes mm -hmm. skills and, and a lot of trainers find themselves out of their depth when they open up businesses like this. Yeah. It's I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying that that's you, but it, it, if we're trying to train and run a business at the same time, we're going to really quickly find that our schedule is packed and we don't have Absolutely. a lot of time for anything else. And, no. and most people don't want to do that forever, at least. Yeah, yeah. But I always say you want to take yourself there. You want, I would rather, I would rather be at that point, like we're discussing now, where you're overly busy. You don't have many times. That's the perfect time. Because if, if you, when you ask me now, when's the perfect time to then probably get someone in? Probably now. But most people do it too early. And then they haven't got the big structure around them. That's Everything's ticking right now. So therefore, then, therefore, the other steps are ticking time on. So therefore, yeah. mentally, you have to be so switched on to understand that, you know what, it could become a point of breaking, you need to get someone in. Yeah. But as I said, what, we normally do it too late, but there's, there's got to be a time where you realize maybe the time's now. Maybe. Yeah. And that's a, good, that's a good thing. If you're too busy and you need to get someone in, that's a good thing. Busy is far better than not busy in a business <laughs> like this. And I tell you what, I've been both. And I would yeah. rather be too busy than not every yeah. day of the week. I think in, in its most simplistic format, this is a business and money in and money out is all that matters. And if we make that move too soon and the money out is more than the money in, we're going to quickly find ourselves running into some issues. Brad, we're, we're running a bit shy on time here, um, and I, I regret it because I feel like we just barely skimmed the surface of a lot of what you do as a business owner. But for the time being, why don't you tell people where they could learn more about this collective of businesses? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to find out more about this? So my gym is called The Health Hub Swindon. Um, is where you'll see my gym and then my instagram is at brad gray spout g-i-a-y-p-t um, i'm pretty much on those two um, and then my name's bradley gray you'll find bradley gray personal training pretty much everywhere on every facebook platform but as i said with time if you drop me a message i'll be happy to talk and i say if i can help today even with this this podcast today if it helps someone think you know what I need to push harder or you know what I need to think smarter and get someone in hopefully it's done that today yeah certainly and and I appreciate your willingness to contribute to this conversation and I think this is needed now more than ever in our industry for people to to take a step back and think about 
how they run their business, why they run their business and where they want it to all go. And so I appreciate you for contributing here, Brad. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best and I'm excited to see how this shapes up for you moving forward. I appreciate it, Jen. Thank you for your time today. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Alex from Titan Power in Raynham, Kent, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Excited to finally have you here and to learn more about what it is that you do within your fitness business. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on, um, tell us a little bit about what it was that got you started, you know, owning your own fitness business. So that's a little bit of a long story, but I'll try to make it short. I was in Greece. That's where I originally come from. And I had just graduated uh, from the University of Sports Science and Physical Education. I saw what my options uh, was there in Greece. It wasn't really good because of the economic crisis. And uh, then I did a transition to lifeguarding to go into tourism. That's where I met some people from UK, Germany, France, and around the world. I was chatting with them in the pool. And all of them were telling me, come on, what are you doing here? Getting paid so little money, you can speak English, you have your qualifications, come to uh, UK. So I did a little bit of research and I found out that they're actually telling me the truth. And uh, I signed up for a master's degree uh, course here in UK, in the University of Greenwich. And uh, I got um, a successful application so I moved here. It was uh, in the beginning only for two years, part-time course. And I started working uh, as a personal trainer during the studying. And the business started going better and better, although it was slow in the beginning. And by the time that I graduated, I had already a very successful business. And I thought this is something that I like. I'm doing well, why not just stay here? And then that's how I continued into the personal training business. Okay. okay. Years now. Um, so now that you're in the personal training business, give our listeners here kind of an elevator pitch of what it is that you do um, within your fitness business. Uh, mostly I'm training people one-to-one, but when I first started, I was in commercial groups. So I was also doing group classes three times a week. Uh, it helped me a lot with the confidence part because it was a big step for me to be in front of an audience, not speaking my own native language. 
So it was uh, very helpful. Uh, now that I have many more clients, I'm into a semi-private gym. So I only work one-to-one, -one, sometimes with couples, and a few times I have uh, little groups of kids. And uh, yeah, that's what I mostly do at the moment. Okay. So a lot of one-to-one, semi-private. Um, so you kind of have a little bit of everything, a little bit of two different things going on here. Um, and how long have you been doing this? You said it, but it kind of muffled there toward the end. How many years? In a half to seven years now. In, okay. In okay. So um, kind of give us some insight here as to what your training programs typically look like. Are your clients joining, you know, for a pack of sessions? Do they pay you per session and come whenever they want? Do they, do you bill them monthly? How exactly does that work? What kind of options do you have available? 95% of my clients, they pay monthly. I have maybe about two that they pay weekly. And the way I always um, talk to them as an introduction to the payment uh, method is uh, I'm telling them you can do the first session pay as you go. And uh, then if you like it, you have to commit for a whole month upfront from now on. I give them the first month 15% discount. And after that, if they continue for a second month forward, it will be the normal price. And uh, as far as uh, I have seen, it always works great. So mm -hmm. I have no complaints about that method. And the reason why I do the upfront, although it seems a little bit strict for some, is that in the beginning of my career, that I was trying to approach more people and sometimes offer free trial sessions or not try to push people to commit for two months. And it was always pay as you go. I happen to have lots of bookings. I go to the gym and then somebody says, oh, my leg hurts, feel sleepy or whatever excuse and not show up and that's a waste of my time. Whereas now that I get paid up front, I tell them from the beginning that now if you don't tell me within 24 hours notice, unfortunately you lose your session. Obviously, unless you tell me my dad died or something like that, then we're human. So let's not uh, cancel the session. I will just postpone it. Yeah, I think what you're doing is really smart, right? You're thinking of this like from a business standpoint. A lot of time, like people are just, they want to do people favors. And so like gym owners or studio owners or personal trainers are like, ah, oh, you know, you can just pay when you want, but like, how is that doing a service to you? You have to pay yourself. Like this is your job. Okay. Um, so props to you for taking this seriously and running it like okay. a business. <laughs> um, okay how many clients do you have right now uh, to be honest I haven't counted them accurately it should be around uh, 16 to 17 I think and uh, roughly I work for about 30 hours on average per week of personal training sessions Okay. Is that a place where like you feel pretty confident and comfortable right now? Or are you in a position with your business where you're looking to grow and take on more clients? I would say that I feel pretty comfortable uh, mm -hmm. because it's quite busy and the rates are fair, both for me making a decent income out of it and for the clients to not feel like they're getting ripped off or that I'm pushing it too high. Um, 
of course, I would not uh, say no to growing, but perhaps I could take maybe an extra 10 hours a week. After that, I will be close to the limit of not being able to have a social life because I already have all my clients from 5 to 10 p.m. and some early in the morning. So the only free time I have is in the afternoon and I have a Saturday off for the only day to socialize. So having my evenings already occupied doesn't allow me to do too much that I want to do for myself. So the only other possibility is I would, if I would actually advertise my website a bit more where I have some uh, plans. So I could go a little bit more on the online coaching side or templates of pre-made programs or even some clothes that I have with my logo on. Uh, that's the only way that I see short term of growing. Long term, I think I told you already that maybe making my own gym, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, right now you are essentially paying rent in somebody else's space. And for like the listeners listening to this, this is pretty common, like in the personal training world, you don't have your own space yet. So you use somebody else's space. Um, yeah is a big portion of the revenue that you're making going into the rent that you have to pay at this facility? Uh, no, it's very small, likely for <laughs> me. So that's why I say I'm pretty comfortable because uh, everything has been uh, working out very well for me, thankfully. That's that's really good. That's really good. What would you say if you had to like kind of look at your business what would you consider to be your biggest business-related challenge? Like for you, what is kind of that one thing that you often think about and you're still, you know, figuring out where you had to really figure out? Yeah. One thing that many times have crossed my mind is uh, what I mentioned before. If I should uh, try harder to make a transition into online coaching, by making a YouTube channel or even on Instagram, that is the one I'm using the most, posting more of myself talking uh, to have maybe a live conversation where everybody can jump in and ask me questions and uh, create a bit more engagement instead of keeping it very private and one-to-one. -one. And I feel like I could do it. It just at the same time feels like it's not too much close to my personality. Uh, so I'm not really sure yet. Perhaps in the future, as I told you, if I ever decide to go back to Greece and then I will not be able to do this one-to-one -one with the client base that I already have built, maybe then I will start doing that. Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge for me, I would say. Yeah, I mean, online right now, the growth potential there, if you really like pour your heart into it, is endless, but it is a hard business to be successful in because there are so many people doing it. Um, and so you really have to be able to set yourself apart some way. Um, and so that is always a challenge, you know, up front. Um, you also mentioned the idea, you just have thrown it around a couple of times. And so I'd love to ask you about it is like, the idea of like maybe one day having your own gym, is that something that you've really put a lot of thought into or is it just kind of something that's like, ah, oh, it happens? I was actually extremely close to doing it uh, between the first lockdown in England and the second. 
I have gotten a big personal loan. I've approached some extra sponsors to give me a little bit of extra that I need for a few equipment. I've approached uh, Eleiko and some other companies here in uh, UK that they could make the equipment with my logo on, everything customized. Uh, I was very close to even uh, getting a venue that I've seen. Uh, eventually, though, this happened with the lady that I've met that she had her own hall. And it was a great space, very big with a track and field literally next to it. And it was a very smooth transition from what I was doing, uh, training people outdoors mm-hmm. to going there when the gyms uh, were allowed to open again. And uh, then I thought, look, you have no responsibility, literally, because she has all the responsibility. You only give her X amount of money per month and you make all this income. So why put yourself into all this trouble, getting loans and this and that? And then I just uh, went along with the flow. But I had written a proper business plan. It was really close to happening. Even the estate agent told me after a month of the viewing, okay, the owner says he's ready to do it. Are you ready? I said, now it's a bit too late. Within that month that you had me waiting, I found something better. So I'm okay for now. Yeah, that's really interesting. So like it was something that was like gonna happen, but you stepped back. Yeah. Is it something that you're open to happening again? Or how do you think that you've closed that door? I'm open to happening again. It just has to be the right circumstances to be the right location, the right amount of rent is not something that I will uh, go into just out of excitement to feel really proud uh, of having my own gym or for my ego. It has to make sense financially for me because I have already, as I said, written down a plan and I know how much roughly it would cost me. So if it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't worth the sacrifice because to make it really successful, I know that in the beginning I have to put a lot into it. I cannot rely on having maybe 10 members of staff. I have to put loads of hours for myself actually being there to save on staff, for example, doing group classes, lots of things. So that's why I will only do it under the right circumstances. And perhaps with a business partner that I can trust, that will definitely make sense. Yeah, I think like, yeah, like you said, the circumstances have to be right. So like, you know, you're not the type of guy from the conversation so far who's just going to make a decision on the limb. Like you're very like, you think about everything that you do. And um, so I think you'll know if the timing is ever right for you to have that facility. Um, What, you know, if you could have a magic wand and all of your dreams, all of your goals for your career and your life came true, what would that picture look like for you? Probably to have uh, moved to Greece, close to my holiday house, have a franchise of my own business of gyms in uh, Greece and UK, and uh, just be a director for the business and have managers to do the hands-on work for me. I think that would be like a dream come true, for sure. Yeah. What do you feel like you have to 
do now or have to focus on now to make the reality of you, you know, being able to make that move be something that makes sense? Um, for me, with the, with how I have thought it in my mind as a plan is to do a very smooth transition into property at the same time as my main business with this personal training. So when I have a couple of properties to rent out and that will give me the security of a stable income with not actually putting myself there to do anything, then I will be able to take the risk and uh, try to open perhaps a little studio, then expand to a bigger venue and bigger than get a business partner and make a franchise in an area. So I manage one location that's close to me. He or she manages the location that's closer to them. And that's how I think it will uh, move forward for me to actually make it happen, that dream. Okay, I definitely understand that. Um, now, what would be a piece of advice that you would give somebody who was maybe just starting out from square one? Um, I would say that it's better to minimize your expenses, first of all, and have a safety uh, port by perhaps having a part-time job. That's how I did it. I was working two part-time jobs that were close to my gym, which was a pure gym at that time. Not that I'm advertising, I'm just mentioning it. And uh, the way they were working was that we were doing three shifts a week, five hours each, not getting paid. We had to do a little bit of cleaning, closing or opening, depending on the time of your shift. Health and safety checks, induction, signing up classes, and then whatever you get in terms of clients, you can charge them anything you want with a minimum though of uh, 25 pounds so that nobody comes and undercuts the other because maybe there is somebody a PT that does it because it's fun for them and they go and charge one pound, let's say per session. So they have a minimum that if you don't charge at least that, you cannot stay a personal trainer at that gym anymore. And uh, I think this is the best thing to do for every personal trainer to find a gym that has this kind of setup. So at least you are not losing any money. You just have to put your time to be there for those shifts, which is actually a good thing because I got lots of exposure through my classes. Then do the best you can do on those classes to stand out out of the rest. Don't just do some generic classes that they taught you on the course. Try to figure out new ways and see what other people do, bring new equipment. Like, for example, I saw that this gym didn't have bad drops. And although I was struggling a little bit financially, I thought, let me bring the bad drops. So I had something that others don't have. And uh, little things like that add up eventually. And then you start building up your client base. After that, you have to think that every client, even if you have 10, is your only client and give them everything you can in a personal level, not just totally professional, ask how their day was, tell them that if you ever feel like, let's say the diet is too strict or you're struggling with this training plan to wake up, I don't know, 6 a.m. because you do train before work, just message me and we can talk about it. Just think about me as your friend, not just your coach. That's the advice that I can give in a summary. That's a really good uh, you know, piece of advice there. Where can our listeners go online if they're interested in following your journey and what you're going to do with your business? I think if they go to my website, which is 
www.power.uk. They can find uh, the links to my Instagram and WhatsApp. And uh, then they can go to my Instagram, which is the place that I'm mostly active in terms of posting client session, my training sessions. I have highlights of the sessions that I have done since literally 2016 and lots of other stuff, transformations. And if they want to go directly to my Instagram, it is Alex underscore pro coaching. So Alex that's underscore pro coaching. Yep. Sweet. I'm excited to check it out. Thank you, Alex, for being here today. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Brian from Reps Training Center in Mountain Center, California. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. How are you doing, Joseph? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today to learn more about what you're doing at Reps Training Center. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first open your gym, what was the vision you had in mind for it? Uh, so when we first opened the gym, we weren't 100% sure what the, uh, the town was calling for. We live in a small mountain town. It's a small, small mountain gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a combination. I have a martial arts background. So we had a combination of a martial arts facility and an open gym and personal training. Uh, I actually wouldn't say open gym. We didn't really have enough equipment to call it an open gym, but more personal training and martial arts. We found out uh, over the course of a few years that the martial arts was kind of going in and going out. Uh, the kids wanted to do martial arts one month, and then you know three months later, soccer took over. So the uh, the front room that was dedicated to martial arts wasn't being as used as often as the back room, which was dedicated to personal training. Um, all of a sudden, the gym went out of business uh, not too far from us. Uh, we went down there. We were able to get a really great deal on a lot of equipment. Um, and we decided to make the commitment and turn the front room, which was the martial arts room, into a dedicated open gym space that we could do personal training and open gym. Um, and then we built a deck in the back and we started teaching martial arts more outside uh, because it was more kind of uh, spring and summertime event anyway. So it kind of it just made sense to do that. Uh, and now right now we're actually building our deck out to form that into a room because we're running out of space again. OK, so mainly started in the martial arts background. 
and the gym down the street, they closed down and you got a really good deal on some equipment and you brought it to your place. You know, now like the front end is there for the open gym and you guys are currently extending for more, you know, martial arts space. That's awesome, Brian. So with that being said, why don't you give the listeners your elevator pitch, what you have going on at your gym. So your services and any additional, uh, you know, products that you guys have. So this is kind of why people come to us. Um, it's funny because we recently got competition um, in our area. It's the first time. Uh, and, you know, everybody's used to competition. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny. We're in a small mountain town. So we really haven't had it for now our ninth year in business. We've had no competition. Uh, the small gyms that were here before us kind of melted away as we opened up. So I guess we were their competition. And they weren't really dedicated gyms. They were just like, you can come in and work out in this very small facility. Mm -hmm. uh, the machines weren't really uh, 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 maintenanced in any way. Um, it was a really kind of like, like a basement style uh, gymnasium. Kind of like a mom and uh, so, pop shop. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we, for the first time we actually have competition now. And, and the reason I say that's funny because um, it's actually helped us in a lot of ways to have competition. Um, it's actually motivated, motivated me to know what I exactly I need to do to go ahead and compete with my competition. Mm -hmm. And it also made me realize that competition is not a really a bad thing whatsoever. Biologically, it's kind of natural in, in every one of our cells. They've, all competed to get to where they've been at some point in life or some point in their life. Um, so it's, it's kind of natural that we compete with each other. And it actually so sometimes brings out the best of our abilities. Um, and that's exactly what it's done with our gym. So that competition has uh, really kind of made us reassess what it is we want to bring to the community, mm -hmm. how we want to be able to service that community. And the funny thing is, is I've joined with my competition to do that, not working against them. Like, Hey, what is it that you guys are bringing to the table that we don't? All right, well, we're going to bring this side to the table that you don't, and maybe we can mix menus together and people can go back and forth. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're trying to at least work together in that, in, that, in that area. Okay, so mainly like you guys got some competition here and you work with them in terms of saying, hey, what do you guys offer? What do we offer? Okay, so in terms of that, what services do you provide to your members? Like group classes, personal training, one-on-one, -on -one? what does that look like? So we provide uh, open gym membership, which mm -hmm. is, has a key code access. We've made, we've, we found out that having a 24 hour access to the gym, uh, people really, really appreciate. Uh, I, I, I know you're a gym guy. I'm a gym guy. The worst thing I, I mean, love 24 seven gyms. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, if you're on vacation, especially, and it's around the holidays, it's like, I have to usually have to cram in that three days worth of working out because for four days your gyms are closed or something of that nature. Um, you don't have to do that. If it's Christmas Eve, two 30 in the morning, and you just have an anchoring to get a workout, my gym is your gym. That's the one thing everybody loves. Uh, we, we're a very tourist based town. So in the summer months, we get a lot of tourists and in the winter months, we don't get as much. If you're popping up from LA or Palm Springs, and you're just popping up for a couple of days here and there, I give you a code to the place so that whenever you're in town, you just send me a text, you put money in an honor bucket. And that was your day pass and you're good to go. And so whenever you're in town, even if you don't have a membership, you still have access to the gym. Okay. So that's worked out really well. The, uh, personal training, that's really worked out very well for us. That's kind of our bread and butter. I'd okay. say we do about 60, 65% of the, the income that comes in, comes in off of personal training. Uh, I'd say 30% comes in off of the open gym and then whatever's reft, uh, you know, just little nickel and dime things uh, that, that we have. Um, the personal training works out really well because we do it in, in a couple of different formats. We've got the one-on-one -on -one, 
Um, and some people can afford that and some people can't. And we try to accommodate what our, our most expensive session, which costs you about $65 an hour. As you train with us more than uh, once, if you're training like once a, a week, four times a month, it goes down to 45. If you're training like four times a week, that goes down to session. So we try to make it really, really accommodating. Um, okay. And then we actually have a special deal that if you can't even afford that, um, let's say you can't afford $160 or $180 a month for personal training. Um, I've got a special class that you can join. And the class gives you the ability to join three or four other people in a circuit style class. So nobody's waiting around. Everybody's going from the machine to machine to machine. Everybody's keeping each other going, going from station to station, to station, four or five stations, depending on the body parts that we're lumping together. And now they can pay a, a, a discounted price, you know, uh, anywhere between $150 all the way up to $280, depending on how many days a week they're going to do that. But for four days a week of personal training, it would cost you about $480 a month at our place. I think at least maybe six, $700 a month at a lot of other places. For four days of circuit training under the guise of that same personal trainer, it's $280 a month. And you get two classes. You can come at eight o'clock in the morning, or you can come at 530 at night. If you can't okay. make that first class, mm -hmm. you have the option to come to any one of those classes or even come to both. So in reality, it's, it's an amazing deal for the, for, the, for the money. And what it really does is it encourages loyalty. It encourages people to come time and time again, and it creates that consistent client. Yeah, I really like how you're open to offering, you know, multiple services in terms of open gym with the 24 seven, you know, key code and with the personal training. So, you know, one-on-one -on -one individualized. And also if the person wants to go in a group, you know, they're able to do that. I, I really like that. Um, so in terms of your members, how many members do you currently have at your facility? Uh, I haven't added that up recently, but I'd say well over 200. Um, I'd say on the personal training side, uh, maybe about 75, 80, somewhere around there. And then um, I do also private martial arts instruction. So we took the group martial arts training and we turned it into private sessions. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is a private session could be up to four people, just like I do in the circuit session. So it, I have enough space on that deck to teach four people, no problem. And as a matter of fact, teaching four people is the same as teaching two. And teaching two is easier than teaching one. And the main mm -hmm. reason being is because when you're teaching martial arts, as opposed to weight training, it's a lot easier for you to see me do what I'm teaching you on somebody else. So you can see it from the outsider's perspective. It's also good for me to do it to you so you can feel it being done. But then mm -hmm. you also have to have that outsider's perspective so you can see the little intricate details that you don't pick up that are being done to you. Okay. So member base is around 200, PT 75 to 80. And also, you know, with that personal training aspect you know, like you do like to have, you know, two people, you know, two to four people, because it's easier to show them like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. So you can do it correctly instead of just working one-on-one -on -one. like that a lot. So in terms of your member base, where do you think your cap is in terms of how many members you can handle at your gym? Yeah, I'm almost there. Uh, matter of fact, this summer, uh, I was looking at my cameras, um, at nine 30 at night, just, you mm -hmm. know, to see what, what was going on. And, uh, it was, 19 to 20, I think it was 19 or 20 people. Now I have a very small facility. I think my facility is uh 1400 square feet maximum. Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, there was 20 people in there working out. I was, wow. I mean, more people than I've ever seen in during the day. And the yeah. funny thing is they all showed up at nine 30 at night thinking nobody would be there. <laughs> and they all showed up at the same That's how it always night. happens too. <laughs> it's like, you're trying to avoid the five o'clock rush. So everybody showed up at nine o'clock and it became the nine o'clock rush. So, um, 
once I observe that, I realize I have options. I can expand a little. The main issue I have is my building is an old building. It was built in 1934. And oh, wow. in California code, if you expand your building by half the size of the building, you don't have to bring the entire building up to current code. So in California, you're, you know, before you even drop a nail into a board, you're 20,000 into permits and, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all these other things of paperwork and red tape that you have to do. So we're really, we're, we're considering our options carefully. We're trying to make the most use out of our space as efficiently as possible. Uh, but we've reached there. We've gotten there. And there's an old adage in martial arts. You, you, you can't plant a large plant in a small pot. It won't yeah. become a large plant. Okay. But you can take a small plant, large plant it in a small pot, and it'll become bigger than it was ever meant to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do that. We're trying to largen the pot gradually and organically and let that plant grow with it. Okay. So you're almost at your cap, you know, kind of like you mentioned, you had 20 people at 930 at night. I mean, what a coincidence that always happens. You have about 1400 square feet. So, and also with those permits in California, it's, it's getting a little bit pricey to, you know, add on to your facility. So I'm kind of curious in terms of how you get people in the door. Like, how do you do that? Do you mainly like rely on word of mouth? Do you use social media? What does that look like? I, I, 99.9% of the clients now let's go 90. Yeah. Let's be fair. 90% of the clients come in word of mouth. Okay. Um, I get a lot of people just simply come in and use Yelp. We have a five-star review on Yelp. I don't think we've ever had a negative thing said about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and matter of fact, a lot of people go out of their way to say, Hey, you know, I called this guy up on the weekend. He didn't even know me. He told me step in front of the camera, show me your driver's license. And he let me into his facility and let me leave $10 in a bucket on the honor code. You know, and then these guys are professional guys and they come back and they tell their friends. And, yeah. and so that kind of reputation really, really goes far, especially in a small town. Uh, the other thing is my wife and I truly give a shit, excuse my French. We care. No worries. You know, yeah, we, we actually care. We, um, let's look, I mean, I've looked at big box gyms. I've been a manager at a big box gym before or actually in charge of the, of the uh, personal training. Um, they make a lot of promises to you. I was always promised vice presidentship because I blew all their numbers out of, out of the water. Uh, and the main, the main reason I did is because I believe in fitness. I believe in what I was selling. Yeah. I didn't believe in who I was selling it for because I was able to get a great fitness um, commitment out of a person and they weren't able to give them what I was promising in that commitment. So it made my sales tactic kind of shady. Like I'm signing them yeah. up on a four year deal and these guys are lucky to commit the three months, but you know, those big box chains are going to go after you for the rest of your life and they're going to get their money because that's how they make their money. So yeah. I realized right away that that big box chain is a, is a failure business model. Um, I do not want my client failing. So actually one of my vice presidents at a company said to me one time, well, if you can do it better, do it yourself. And I've always kind of done it myself in life. I was just going through a hard time. That's why I decided to work for somebody else for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to do it myself and do it right. And the one thing that I do is this. I'm going to find out what your goals are. I'm going to find out what your limitations are. I'm going to find out um, if you are your own limitation. We're, and we're going to get to that very quickly. And I'm going to look you dead in the eyes and say, look, I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably going to say some things to you that you're not going to like. I'm probably going to put you through some things that you're not going to enjoy. But I promise well, you need to for this, them to grow. Yeah, exactly. If you trust me, if you allow this process to happen, you're going to be better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I want to share a story because it's a. Uh, it's probably one of the most real stories maybe you guys have had on your podcast. Um, matter of fact, you mind if I just do it now? Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. So I got woke up at 1.30 in the morning um, this morning. Uh, 
by a former client, client that I trained seven years ago. Um, he was just depressed. He was driving around. He's breaking up with his wife. Um, he's, he's lost. He doesn't know what he was doing. Um, wound up running out of gas. I texted him again at three o'clock in the morning at five o'clock in the morning, see how he was doing. Um, I've had six concussions. I don't remember a lot of things. It's really hard for me. It gets more and more difficult every day. Um, and I couldn't remember exactly how I had trained this guy, exactly how I had knew this guy. Um, he didn't come in my, in my phone as anybody uh, that I recognized, but he told me his name and he said, this is who I am and this is what I'm going through. And I, and he remembered that I had helped him in the past. So he was like, Hey, can you help me now? So I just reached out and I helped him. And, and it, it, it's kind of what I do. It's kind of who I am. I'm not trying to play the superhero. It's just, it's kind of natural for me to want to be that person in people's lives. And it's not just a workout thing. It's how can I be here for you and your needs? I've always told my clients, look, if you need me at two 30 in the morning, give me a call. I'll be that mm -hmm. guy. And it finally happened. It hasn't happened in nine years, but today it happened. And it turned out that the guy's okay. He's now got people looking out for him. He's got family around him. He texted me. He goes, Hey, everything's good. I'm all right. Thank you very much for your help. And that's all he needed. He just needed some words. He just needed somebody to hear him, mm -hmm. talk to him for a little bit. And there was no way I could say to him, Joseph, dude, I'm sorry. I don't remember who you are. I would have shattered that boy's soul in that moment if I had done that because yeah. he remembered me well enough to turn to me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be there in that moment. And it's not a, it's not a saintly thing. It's not whether you believe in religion or whether you don't believe in religion, it's being a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a poet that said, or a philosopher that said, <clears throat> when human beings decide to be animals, we are the worst of animals. We don't have to decide to be animals. When another human being reaches out, we can just show empathy and compassion. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, and I really feel like in terms of, you know, you guys keeping your clients long term, it's because you guys care. And obviously, I can see that through what you just shared there. I mean, that guy, he needed help and you were ready to assist him no matter what happened, even though he hasn't been your client for, what was it, nine years now? Is that correct? Seven years at least. I'd say seven, at least years seven years at least. Years. Yeah, so exactly. So that's how you keep your members long term is you actually care on like a lot of bigger box, you know, gym owners. And, you know, by you caring, you're able to get the majority of your clients through word of mouth and through, you know, good reviews on Yelp. So that brings me to a question in terms of social media. Do you guys use it like use that at all? Or hardly use it at all. I use it at all. Okay. Is there any reason like why you don't use that at all? Or you know. I did it for a while. I got into Instagram and Facebook and um, <sighs> what's the best way to say this? Be blind. I think a lot of people are looking for a lot of attention and mm -hmm. I get it. I don't need that attention. I get my attention by performing the tax tasks that I perform for my clients. Yeah. They go out and they tell people about what I do. I could do that on a video and I'll, I'd probably get a lot of thumbs and a lot of likes, but those people are never going to come into my gym. Let's really talk about that unless they live within a seven to 10 mile square radius of me. Mm -hmm. And then how, what's the chance of me reaching those in, in that social, in that setting? It is, you know, I get a little of them, but I get a lot of them by how I handled that phone call today. Um, by by actually caring. Came, exactly. By a person that came in and gave me an application today and said, Hey, Brian, I've given, this is a third application. <laughs> They've asked from me. Sorry. I keep, I, they keep losing their application. Hey, Brian, I really want you to work with me. I, you know, I've really heard what you've done for other people. And I really want you to do that for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, look, when you're ready, I'm here. Here's another application. 
come to me when you're ready. That person knows of me because of a friend that I helped and, yeah. and, 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 and or that my wife has helped. Um, because of that, we, we bring in a lot of business. My, if I asked, if people asked me what my advertising budget is, they would cry because it's zilch. I don't pay anything. It used to be $300 a month. Now I don't pay anything. I don't have any advertising anywhere. I only use simply word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I, like I said, I live in a small town and I'm known in a small town. I'm known because I go around and I help out here and I help out there and I work with horses and people just know me for who I am. Yeah. And let's, let's face it. You're a martial artist in a small town. And if you're a decent martial artist, you get a little bit of a reputation. People will know you. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not the bully, if you're the good martial artist, you're the nice guy. And I'm not being trying to be the guru either. Okay. I'm a yeah. real guy. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm very East coast. Uh, every now and then I can get a little bit of a foul mouth on me. Every mm-hmm. now and then I got a little bit of a harsh sense of humor. Um, and, uh, I was raised very harshly, so I'm not exactly, um, nice when people show weakness around me, yeah. uh, but people know that I'm hundred percent real and that my heart is real big and it goes out to people whenever they're in need. And Which that is I've most been- important in terms of coaching. Like you have to be real with your clients and you know, that sounds like that's one event, like been one of your biggest successful things in terms of keeping them long-term and getting clients is you're just real with them. You're transparent. You're not, you're not soft, which trainers need to be like that nowadays it's like you you have to tell them hey like this is real i'm real to you i'm not putting on a mask or you know like a fake mask of of being someone that you're not right or or hey i'm not saying this to hurt you i'm not doing this to hurt your feelings in any way Um, i'm not trying to insult you in any way i'm not trying to be above you in any way you came to me for a reason no different than you go to the mechanic rather than changing the oil yourself it's not that you can't it's pretty easy to change an oil but you just don't want to be driving, you know, 75 miles down the road thinking, did you put that screw back in? You mm-hmm. want to rely on the professional that goes, yeah, I did that. And here's the certified checklist that says I did it. And this exactly. is when you need to do it again. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I, I, I play that part. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want your check engine light coming on. I want to meet that demand before it even does that. And so I'm going to be real with you and tell you, and, it, and being real, isn't just saying, Hey, give me those five extra pushups and you know, you're going to do it or I'm going to beat you. It's, it's a matter of fact, there's nothing like that. Being real is when your client goes up and says, Hey, I just lost my job. And you go, well, you know what, Frank, you're going to come to me and you're not going to pay me because you need to find a new job and you need this in this moment the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to keep a tab and don't worry about that. And I know if everybody did that to me, I'd probably go broke, but not everybody does that. Yeah. Once in a while, somebody will, and you'll know whether they're taking advantage of not of mm-hmm. you or not. You can just but feel it, really. Real, yeah, yeah. Being real is saying I'm not locking you into a contract. I'm not charging you some bullshit initiation fee. Mm-hmm. I'm simply charging you for the time that I'm giving you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you my time for free at first, so I can prove to you I'm the person for the job because mm-hmm. I work for you. Yeah, and I want your loyalty, and I want you coming to me for years, not for months. And I, I totally want you agree with that. To me. Yeah. I- I really do like that. And I think a lot of trainers need to be more like that in this day and age of being real. But Brian, we are, you know, coming up with a short amount of time here. So second to last question for you, you know, in the fitness and gym world, there are three pillars of business. You know this, we already spoke about it. So lead generation, acquisition. So getting people through your doors, turning them into members, retention. So keeping them for the long-term and ascension, basically increasing the overall lifetime value of them. Out of those three, where do you think you can improve the most on and why? Uh, advertising. I don't advertise. I would, be, if, I would probably get a lot more customers if I did. 
But like I said, I've been limiting my own growth. So please don't take my advice and don't advertise and think you're going to do well in life. You need to advertise. You need to go out there and put yourself in the community. That is the purest form of advertising. Chuck Norris, everybody loves to talk about Chuck Norris. You know how that guy made his first million dollars in martial arts? He literally went door to door and told people he was opening up a martial arts studio. Even when he was making good money, even when he was a fighter, even when he was already in, he was still going door to door telling people, I got a martial arts studio open now. Okay. And yeah. I, I, I literally used to do that when I was like 19 years old, I'd walk around in my karate uniform and I'd go door to door and hand people flyers and they would ask me questions. And of course, back then it was a little bit more um, mysterious. So of mm-hmm. course they were like, Ooh, you know, you're a black belt. You're they want to know about this. They want to be, and it wasn't about ego. It was about getting to know your community, shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eye saying, this is who I am. This is what I do. Hey, what do you do? And what can we do for each other? Not just what can I do for you, but Hey, what can we do for each other? Oh, you do advertising. Oh, you have a mail service thing. You have this, you an e-commerce site. Well, shoot, maybe I can help you train and you can help me with e-commerce because I need yeah, a little so, help in that. <laughs> yeah. So mainly like a bio exchange and actually building relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. So last question here for you, Brian, uh, paint me and the listeners here a picture. What are your short-term and long-term goals for reps training center? I would, I would like to, uh, I'd like to eventually create small little reps training centers around. Mm-hmm. I like the idea and the philosophy that we have. I have a very unique way of training people probably for a later discussion. Um, and that unique way of training people, I think gives me uh, the ability to open up uh, other, um, other uh, locations, locations. Thank you very much. No other locations and have exclusivity for that location. Like what does that location bring besides just another gym in the mm-hmm. area? Um, so we have a very unique training methodology. I think I get very good results from it. It's something that I wrote myself about 30 years ago. Um, it's a, basically the way fighters train, but mixing it into, uh, and making it applicable to gym mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very little rest, very high repetition, uh, muscle confusion. It's nothing new. I mean, CrossFit's mm-hmm. been doing it. We've I mean, it's basically just science, ways. right? Yeah, exactly. The science, the mathematics, the repetition count. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I think that's really what it boils down to. You said it right there, the science. Mm-hmm. No, we can all call bullshit on each other real fast nowadays. You know, we can look each other up in a second. We can look up Google. We can say what you're saying is not right. Yeah. So do That's your the homework. beauty of the internet. Exactly. Make the science match what it is you're saying. Mm-hmm. Don't blow cre- credibility with your clients by ever saying something that doesn't ever really exist just to make your point sound fanciful. Mm-hmm. Instead, make your science match. And if you don't understand your science and do your homework, because this is your field. This is how you're helping people by understanding the science of what you're doing and how it's, it's going to get them the results that they need. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, a lot of trainers too nowadays, they don't, I mean, you know it, if you're ever on social media, there's a lot of trainers that don't actually put out, you know, scientific training. They still go back to, I don't know, 67 years ago when the, you know, five by 10, four by 10, you know, programs, they just don't work anymore because there's so much science. But, you know, last question here for you, Brian, what is your long-term goal with your gym? I want to, uh, I'd like to expand it. Uh, I would like to serve a, the community a little bit better here. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like I said, uh, our version or our, our, uh, our business model roll out into different areas mm-hmm. um, and just keep, just keep helping people and improve. Uh, monetary wise, uh, just as long as I live comfortably enough to be able to pay my bills, take a vacation once in a while and, uh, and enjoy uh, you know, the outdoors and my horses once in a while. That's, that's my, my, my goal as that, as that goes. Uh, it's really nice to have a wife as a business partner. Uh, we actually do get along really, really well. And even when we don't, 
we we get along really well business wise, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's sometimes hard to do, you know, with husband and wives because if, yep. if that fails, all of a sudden it seems the business fails and it gets tugged in different directions. Um, we've kept our personal crap out of the business. I think that's a really good lesson for people that are maybe dating within the same business or maybe they're or married, married within too. The same business. Yeah. yeah, you know, keep your shit, keep keep your personal stuff outside. Because um, business is business. Business is business. Unless it's unless you want to, you know, if your clients are spilling their guts to you and you have that personal relationship with them and you want to let them in a little, it's not the worst thing in the world. And the main reason I say that is because when you need to solicit information, when you need to solicit their help, when you need to maybe ask them for advice, or maybe when you need to solicit financing, it's nice when they know a personal side of you and they see that personal side. Yeah. It's not just a bank sheet they're looking at. 100% agree. Well, Brian, I think that's a good place to start to wrap things up here in this episode of the podcast. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on the internet? Uh, we do have a Instagram uh, reps training centers. And I believe that there's a Facebook. I am going to get back into social networking. I have decided to start creating videos again. Um, and I actually have a, uh, a supplement coming out, um, uh, that actually is going to be under the reps brand. Um, that is all natural and it's going to do some amazing things. I call it the butter effect for your joints. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to make you feel amazing in every direction, uh, especially for arthritic patients, uh, anything of that nature. And it's going to be an AM and a PM formula. And it's, 100% natural, nothing that's really bad that can hurt you in any way whatsoever. I was tired of all the about that. caffeinated stuff out there, all yeah. the monster energy drinks that people think that they need to drink before they work out. And um, there's some really, like we're talking about science, there's some really good science when it comes to nutrition right now. It's anti-inflammation and all the other things that you can control in your body. Um, and I want to introduce that to people that are working out, that are uh, in the MMA community, they're in the law enforcement community, they, they can't pop positive for marijuana. Yeah. They, they can't do these things, but they can do other things. And then there's some things out there when you combine them together that will make you feel like you're 20 years old when you're 55, like I am. <laughs> well, Brian, we appreciate you for hopping on the podcast and sharing all the information that you did. I really appreciate it. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.